Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. What does it take to block out a year to go travel the world? One couple shares their story, how they did it with their 12-year-old daughter. How did that turn out? What was the family dynamic at the end of that trip? You're going to hear about it in today's interview, plus finding stillness in movement. This might be one of the biggest benefits of travel. I'll share what I mean by that later on the show. It's all happening now, so get nice and cozy. Thank you for being here, and welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend, my friends around the world, all of you. Thanks so much for being here. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms, to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. And you know you're not alone because you're joining many thousands of listeners from around the world, this gorgeous, beautiful Zero to Travel caravan. I gotta give a shout out to one of you out there because you know I love highlighting members of this community. And by the way, if you have not checked in, please send me an email, jason at zerototravel.com. I read them all. I love to hear your stories, what you're up to, whether you're traveling or not, what's going on in your life. Say hi. I like this to be a two-way conversation, so please do that if you haven't yet. Anyway, Nick wrote me an email. He said, I'm from Iowa. I've been listening to your podcast and others for the past year while working long hours and living in a car. Hashtag Prius life with the goal of putting enough away to travel and figure out how to do it continuously. I just arrived in Colorado for a couple months to climb, study parkour, and figure out what I need to do to teach English in Thailand, hopefully by the end of the summer. If you are in Boulder, I would love to buy you a coffee at the Laughing Goat. Thanks for the inspiration. Nick, thank you, man. I'll I'll take you up in that coffee sometime. I'm in Norway right now. I was in Colorado earlier this year, but I would have loved to have had a coffee with you, especially at the Laughing Goat. It's one of my favorite coffee shops in Boulder. So anyway, congratulations. Hashtag Prius life. I just had to shout Nick out here because I love that. Usually, you know, you get the hashtag van life, but Prius life, man, what's hashtag Prius life like? I'm sure sleeping in a Prius isn't as glamorous as sleeping in one of those wood paneled vans with 
plenty of room to stretch your legs out. I don't know what the setup is for sleeping in a Prius. Nick, send me a picture, man. I want to see what sleeping in a Prius is like. At least you know you won't be spending as much money on gas. So put that extra gas money into your trip. That's awesome, man. So thanks to Nick for writing. Again, please get in touch if you haven't done so already. Got an awesome show for you today. This family came on to talk about their trip around the world. It's really cool because they're right at the end of their trip. They're going home, I think, the week after we recorded this, and they've been on the road for a year. So they talk about how they geared up for taking a year off, how they kind of manage that with their situations financially, what it's like to travel with their child. So there's some family travel talk in there, but also other ideas around planning and destinations and all that stuff that can apply to all travelers. So I know you're going to dig this interview. Before we get into it, I got to give a quick thank you to Tortuga Backpacks for supporting today's show. ZeroToTravel.com slash Tortuga. We created a page for you so you can see all the backpacks that I recommend and use and love from Tortuga. And you get 10% off for being a Zero to Travel podcast listener if you just enter the promo code TRAVEL when you check out. And I mean, Tortuga's been a longtime supporter of this show and for good reason because I love their travel gear. So if you don't want to horse around on the internet... Yes, I said horse around. I don't know why. I've never used the term horse around, but it's kind of fun to say that, right? If you're tired of horsing around on the internet, doing a bunch of research, trying to figure out what backpack should you get or what would be the best solution for you, I'm telling you, I solved it for you. You can stop wasting your time. Zero to travel.com slash Tortuga. Promo code travel when you check out, get 10% off. I'm absolutely obsessed with these bags. I'm looking at my Tortuga set out right now. These backpacks are awesome. And there's one for you, no matter what style traveler you are, whether you want to go for three weeks, three months, or three years, they got you covered. So check them out. And if you do pick anything up, you will also be supporting this show because I'm an affiliate for them because I love their stuff and I love recommending it to you. So thank you for that. Okay. We are going to get into today's interview now. And on the other side, stillness in movement. This is something I've been thinking about today randomly. And I want to share some thoughts with you on that on the backside of this show and a quote, which is always fun. So stick around for that stuff at the end. I'll see you on the other side, my friend. My guest today has spent the last year traveling the world with her husband and 12-year-old daughter. Today, we're going to dig into what it takes to get a year away and much more. You can learn more about them and their trip at meditationmother.com. That's M-U-T-H-A. And we also have uh, Kim's husband here, Scott, joining us as well. So Kim and Scott, welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friends. Thanks so much, Jason. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Yeah, I really got excited when you reached out because I have two kids and... You know, I'm a traveler, so I'm sure at some point there's going to be a whirlwind year like you guys just had. And you're actually at the tail end of your trip, right? That's right. We have just a little over a week left. Yeah, we're in England right now, and then we head to the Northeast in the United States for a week to see some family and friends, and then we head on home to Austin, Texas. So you must be in the in the I'm ready to get home kind of mode, right? <laughs> We're ready. We're ready. And our daughter is very ready. She cannot is wait she? to see her friends and get a puppy and, you know, be stable <laughs> and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's pretty much just she just wants to see her friends. Yeah. <laughs> she's convinced she's been in a mobile prison. 
<laughs> well, that's like, I mean, think back to when you were 12 years old going on 13, yeah. I guess. I mean, it's all about your friends, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that must have been tough. But so when you guys talked to her about taking the trip, well, I mean, we might as well get into this now a little bit. Uh, I imagine you all sit down and had a discussion and kind of hashed things out. What were her initial thoughts? We promised her a puppy. Yeah, <laughs> that was the thing. You just dangled the carrot, and the carrot was a puppy. No, that's it. That's yeah. it. We promised her a puppy. Yeah, and every single day we talk about the puppy. Gosh, well, I mean, you get to travel the world and get a puppy. Right. That sounds amazing. See that <laughs> what pyramid? a deal! What if, a, what if there was a puppy on that pyramid? It would be cool, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love how it took the puppy to get her to go, not like the traveling the world part. But no, I mean, was she into the idea at all, or was it a real sort of verbal battle? Yeah, I would say I would say for the most part she wasn't into that idea. You know, throughout the year we've had some amazing experiences, but of course it's challenging. She's an only child, and so it's challenging for several reasons. Um, one is that it was the first year of homeschooling on the road, so that was unique to all of us. And then second, just being away from friends and not having that consistency or being in one place long enough to make a lot of friends is challenging. But also there were some incredible um, adventures that we've been on that she really did enjoy. So I think it's something like for any child that you look back on and really see the benefit of it. <laughs> Maybe not yeah. so much right in the moment. It's <laughs> like when that aunt like pinches your cheek and says how cute you are and you get mad. She's been getting the classic like you have no idea how amazing this is. She's like. <laughs> Just give me the puppy and everyone shut up. <laughs> well, I mean, teenagers are, I guess, preteen in this case, or close enough, are always kind of, it's a little too cool to kind of acknowledge the coolness of it, right? I mean, I guess it was kind of like, all right, well, you're going to get this puppy. We're still going on this trip anyway. You're coming with us because you're our daughter. How has that changed the family dynamic? I mean, reflecting on where you guys were a year ago and now you've spent, because I just traveled two and a half months with my family and... I mean, one thing I noticed is you, there are ups and downs because when you're traveling for a long amount of time, you're not really traveling anymore. You're just living your life. You know, we've been together 24 by 7, 365. And so that togetherness for so long um, is a challenge in itself. I mean, we love each other. We got to know each other extremely well on this trip. Um, and it's amazing that we're that we're all still a family. <laughs> there's, been, <laughs> there's, been, there's been ups and downs. You know, we've had so many incredible adventures and then just the togetherness and just really being mindful of giving each other a little bit of space, even if it's in the same room, you know, just hanging out and, you know, kind of doing your own thing is really, really important because we've been in close quarters a lot of the times in hotel rooms or, you know, small Airbnbs and things like that. And so you have to be really mindful of giving your, each other their, your own space for sure. Yeah. Scott, I see you looking around like something's going on in your brain a mile a minute. Uh, <laughs> well, that's how I always look, actually. Uh, I always have, my brain is a, I, I'm a thinker. I'm always spinning. I was pretty much going to say uh, what she said. And um, the, the funny story that, that I always laugh about is when we're sitting in some of the, we've been fortunate to get upgraded a lot to some nice suites. And we've had some good sized places, but every once in a while we have a really small hotel room. And our daughter was uh, a little mad at us about something, you know, a few months back. And it was kind of funny because she goes, I'm leaving. And literally has like four feet to walk away and then moves over. And we all just break down laughing. <laughs> We're like, where are you going? <laughs> and she's like, hmm. And I'm, and I'm laughing in my head going, 
where do we go? Yeah, like, like there's nowhere just, to go. Yeah, we, we, we can go to three corners and there's a bonus corner. That's yeah. it. You know, it's yeah, like, it's the stuck. classic three step walkout, right? Exactly. It's, it's actually really funny. It's, it's like you know, you get to a point where you're like, this yeah. sucks. Like you know, right. I'm, I'm stuck here. But I mean, people, going through I'm these things prison. together, you like you said. I mean, this is one of those things. It seems like it's going to be really hard to measure right now. Like you're just looking at the direct experience, but not the long-term sort of processing that's going to be happening on her end, on your end and stuff like that. So she wasn't super on board and that's okay. You guys still went. And I love that. I just love the honesty because I imagine there are some other people listening to this with kids and they'd probably be like, yep, that's going to be my daughter or my son. But you guys still went ahead and did it and made it work. Uh, How did you make it work in terms of finding a year to do it? Like when did the idea start happening for real? Sure. Yeah. Um, I would say that we were inspired to do this about maybe six years ago. Um, Scott and I were traveling and hiking Machu Picchu with a a group of strangers. And um, we met a mom with two daughters, young daughters that were doing the same thing. They were traveling around the world. They were from the United States. And we were like, wow, this is amazing. We really need to do this. But Kayla was in kindergarten at the time and we were trying to figure out a good year. Um, And we thought that graduating fifth grade, going into sixth grade is a transition year for everyone. And so we thought, you know, have her complete elementary school. She'll be old enough to remember it, to be, um, have a little more endurance and all those things. And so we thought that that transition year, sixth grade would be a good time to do it. So we, uh, we thought about it about six years ago, and then we really started getting serious maybe a year and a half before we, um, we made the plans to do it. Yeah, and when you yeah. say getting serious, like what did that entail? Did that mean saving up money? Um, I'm not sure we could talk about what you guys do for a living and how you make that work. But yeah, just curious yeah. Uh, how all the logistics fell into place. Yeah, we we're very fortunate. We both work for ourselves. And so um, I have a couple of businesses. One's a sales consulting business and one's a yoga business. And then Scott's a professor at a university and then also has a company called Go Love Now, where he teaches kids about self-love, compassion, and kindness. And so on that part, we were very lucky to be able to create some flexibility um, and, and take our show on the road a little bit as an come. Um, I would say the year prior to leaving, we um, we didn't save up enough money to get us through the whole year. We knew that we would have some residual income because we rented our house and we also have a cabin that we rented. So that was our our um, steady income that we had. And then some clients that, that we worked with along the way. But we started saving for the big ticket items like your, your home taxes, your property taxes, Um, things like that. So we had enough to pay for those things for two years because we wanted to make sure that we didn't um, stress ourselves out on the road. So I would say financially, we started planning about a year before just kind of saving up for those things and then just mentally preparing for it, letting everyone know that we were actually doing this thing. They all thought we were totally crazy. (laughs) It's it's like anything, though. It's like sports. It's like a new business. It's anything. I mean, you have the visualization that comes first. So we had that positive intention. We see ourselves out there traveling. We know it's going to happen. So even when the house doesn't get rented as quickly as we thought, and it's literally the last like few weeks and it gets rented mm-hmm. through a random website that we found last minute, and we're on the plane and our cabin gets rented when we're flying away and we needed that revenue. <laughs> like 
people are going to say like, that's what I'm afraid of. Like, well, here's the deal. Like that's life. Like there's always going to be something. What if we had them both running and somebody like backed out the day we were leaving? Like anything can happen. So simply put, if you're afraid, then don't. I mean, this is, this is the real world. Like, you know, if, if you're afraid to work on your own then work in corporate American, don't do it. But if you're a person that wants to take chances, it's going to pan out. There's going to be ups and downs. You said it too. You know, you're taking some travel. I mean, it's a full year. You're going to have a day you want to shoot each other. You're going to have a day you say, is this really our life? And that's just the way it is. And, <laughs> and it's beautiful both days. Yeah. Are, where are you guys from? Um, Boston originally. And she's originally from New York. And we've been in Texas for over 20 years in the best part of Texas in Austin, Texas. Okay. Yeah. So you moved there <laughs> 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it changed a lot since then, huh? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's blowing up. Oh my yeah. goodness. It's a little scary actually. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, yeah, I detected a little bit of a Northeast accent still though. I'm Scott, Scott anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I can, I can, I can pot cars and drink beers with the best. Of <laughs> <laughs> nice. So it sounds like you were very smart with the saving and making sure you had the cushion and all that. How did you prepare on the work side? Because I would imagine having this experience with your daughter, knowing what it takes to run your own business, and especially from the road, you can end up working the whole time if you kind of set yourself up that way. If you have clients or something, and did you pare down your clients? Did you kind of make some adjustments before the trip? I would just love for people to hear maybe some tips around managing their business on the road. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that it's very important to make sure that you pare down a little bit because you there's so much to explore and you're so excited and you don't, you don't want to be stuck working the whole time. So we were very fortunate. I personally, for my sales consulting business, I pared down my clients and I only worked about 10 hours a week on the road. And then I also taught international yoga retreats um, at different locations, and we kind of ventured there throughout our trip. And so that was um, another income for us. And then, Scott, do you want to talk a little bit about Go Love Now? Yeah, so what I was doing is my organization, Go Love Now, um, we just teach kids about self-love, compassion, and kindness, and we're trying to prevent things like bullying, suicide, a lot of the things that we see in schools nowadays. So my goal was to try to figure out a way I can – at least get people to think about this globally. So I really had no idea what I was going to do, but um, we already had somewhat of an international network of friends that we had met through teaching, just just travels, everything. So in Chile, we found um, a group that we were starting to do some work with, um, a couple other countries, but we started doing that work there and just pretty much planting seeds, which is incredible because now we're on the road and we're doing our motivational talks with the kids my perspective has grown immensely. So if nothing else, this was a one year intensive for me to be far better at what I am, you know, as a speaker and as somebody who's an educator. So, um, and I know there's a lot of the same things that our daughter Kayla is going to pick up too, because you don't really know the content of the book. Like you read like, uh, you know, animal farm, you don't really know what that meant until you do, you analyze it later. And that's what we're going to do is we're going to unpack all this information and I think we're going to get a ton of, out of it once we land. Like once we're in Austin right. going, wow, like now I get it. Then it seems yeah. like so. a dream. I mean, just right now reflecting back, what is one of the most dramatic perspective shifts you've experienced? There's a, a lot of them. But one of the most interesting things for me is to visit countries that are very religious based 
and really get to know the religion and to realize that all religions have a, a very similar foundation. They just practice a little bit different. And, you know, of course, they, they have different beliefs and so on, but it's it's all at the at the base of good. And so I found that to be really interesting, especially like um, the um, Islamic religion. I wasn't very familiar with it. And we went to the Middle East and I, and I observed a lot of the practices there and it was very eye-opening and um, comforting really to see that it's, you know, everyone is just, is practicing from the heart. You know, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And, and a, a good way to look at that too. And this was another thing from Go Love Now is we teach choosing love over fear and the basis of anything that we don't like is you see ignorance based on fear. And so we're going to these places and just sitting there and watching it from a space of love. And as long as you immerse yourself in that, I, I don't know. I, I, I was reading some of my posts, my Facebook posts and just posts for the last year. I feel like every single place I was saying awesome food and awesome people. <laughs> and, yeah. and that was everywhere. Like even <laughs> there's a few places where you're like not totally a fan of this and I'm not going to pick on countries, but nine times out of 10, yeah. I had an amazing thing to say about the people. I was shocked at how amazing they were and there was some great food. Yeah. So, which is, I think why we travel, right? You know, yeah. get new cultures and new experiences. Absolutely. Food is and the food, of course. Part. Yeah. I mean, when you have that kind of intention as well, you are already filtering it through like a positive spectrum essentially. So it's going to be really hard to not have those types of, experiences when you reflect back, I guess. So what were some of the unexpected benefits of this trip in terms of, I mean, it could be anything like the time you took to prepare to go on this trip, maybe some things you learned there. I know for a lot of people, it doesn't sound like really for you guys, like minimizing was a big thing, or maybe it was outside of seeing the world, which we're going to talk about where you guys have been and some of the highlights and stuff. Yeah. What are some of the unexpected benefits that you've experienced? One of them was that Scott and I in particular, you know, we had an idea of retirement, but when we were on this trip, a whole new world opened up for us. We met so many people in different locations, especially in Southeast Asia, where it's so affordable um, and you can live really large on, a, you know, low income and our whole world opened up for retirement just different possibilities, different countries. And the, the other thing that I thought about was there was a lot of warnings from friends and family and even government about certain countries that we visited. And initially, as we were, you know, getting prepared to go to these countries, you kind of have, for me, a little bit of butterflies in there, like, are we going to be safe? Are we going to be safe? And then when we got there, the people were so incredibly amazing um, and so welcoming. And it was such a surprise to me because of all these warnings of safety. Um, for instance, Sri Lanka. It was well, well, that might have been <laughs> although, a yeah. Although, well, yeah. Here's the deal. Right, here's the deal. We, we were in the hotel, one of the hotels that was bombed in Sri Lanka a few weeks before, sitting and eating breakfast every morning at the place where that bomb blew up in Sri Lanka. So we would have been blown up. But, but I mean, we can sit here and talk about that all day long. Like my daughter has a better chance of having an issue in a school than we had a chance of having something bad happen in this trip, as long as you're just smart. I mean, this is a numbers game, this world. If I walk across the street, I could get hit tomorrow. If I'm going to live my whole life in fear and not just love the world, then we're just missing out. So 
I can't encourage people enough to go out there and realize that everybody's the same and many people are far better than we think they are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there is, we can sit here and talk about that at some point as well is there's so many places we went to and we we're like, were those real people? Yeah. Like Sri Lanka? <laughs> I, I, mean, I can't tell you enough about that place. They're saying they were just in a civil war, scary to go there, be careful of Turkey, don't go to this place, don't go to that place. Absolute not true. I Today, I would go back to Sri Lanka right now and stay at that same hotel. Yeah. That place was, it was just the best people ever. Wonderful. I don't know if I mentioned amazing food. Did I mention that? <laughs> amazing food. Just amazing. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Li- there's literally <laughs> nothing negative to say. There's crazy people all over the world. I mean, there's just what it is. Yeah. I would say there was no, there was no place that we really felt unsafe. I mean, very, uh, I can't even think of any. Except in our own room. We were the only ones that were scaring each other. <laughs> other than that, I felt very safe. With those super dangerous four-foot storm-offs, right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so were you guys slow traveling, would you say? I mean, can you talk a little bit about your itinerary, maybe some of the places you've been? And how, how were you doing it? Were you spending... Did you like spend a month in 12 countries? What Did you kind of plan it all out in the beginning or did you do it on the fly? What, what did you do? Right. Yeah. The first half of the year. So we left last June and uh, we're coming back this June. And the first half of the year we spent in Central and South America. And our intention was to stay in Spanish speaking countries so that Scott knows Spanish, but Kayla and I don't. So we wanted to learn Spanish, which was extremely helpful living, you know, in, in mission accomplished. Well, not fluent. Un poco, un poco. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But, um, but yeah, it's, it was really great to, to really live the life there. And what we decided to do is when we were in Chile, we stayed longer in a, in one small town called Talca and it was a very small town and we really wanted to live the local life. So we stayed there almost two months and got to meet the local people. We did the local shopping, all that stuff. And that was very interesting. Did you randomly pick that town to stay in for two months or did you pick it ahead of time? Uh, everything's everything's random with intention. That's how I would say it, because we had already said we had been to a bunch of places in South and Central America and Chile for some reason popped up as one we hadn't. And we're like, it, honestly, it was good wine. And how can they not have good seafood? There's a massive coastline. And, you know, when you go to re- nice restaurants, they have Chilean sea bass that kept ringing in my ear. And I'm not even kidding. So I meet this guy like a few weeks before we leave. And he's like, I live in Talca. It's a really cool place. And um. We start talking. He's like, you should come down and maybe we'll just hang out. And I'm like, okay, we'll just stay for a month and a half. And it was literally that. Like he popped out of nowhere when we were like, where should we stay? So the world is a strange way of showing up for you and giving you exactly what you want. And I can't, we can talk about the secret or, you know, any of that. I mean, it's, it's right on. It's going to show up for you. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. We, after, so I I would say that in the first half of the trip, besides Chile, we spent maybe three weeks in each country. Um, And then the, then we went home to Texas for a couple of weeks over the holidays. Then we took off to Japan and then Southeast Asia, including Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. We went to Sri Lanka, moved over to the Middle East. Um, and then we started heading to Eastern Europe and then, of course, Western Europe, where we are now, and then heading back um, home. But I feel like the second half of the trip, we kind of hopped a little bit more. Um, not necessarily, we did see a lot of countries, but also within the country, seeing more cities or more areas. And um, we spent a good chunk of time in Thailand just because we loved it so much. And it was a good base to hop around to some other 
Southeast Asian countries. Um, it was just a good hub. And then we really just wanted to go see some countries that we hadn't seen before. Scott and I have traveled a lot, but but there's many countries and still are. So I, in total, we, we once the year's over, we'll have visited 26 countries in one year. Wow. So did you book flights along the way? How many flights did you have booked in the beginning? Um, so that's a good question. It was, I mean, it was, it wasn't a ton because it was, we were in South and Central America. So maybe five or 10. Okay. You know, was- yeah. So you wanted it, you wanted a little bit of a plan in the beginning, but really leaving it open ended so you can land where you kind of feel is right. And that's a perfect question too. Like people are going to say, how do I do it? And my thought would be, how do you want to do it? You know, like I, I don't like people telling me what to do. I like hearing what people did and saying, all right, well, did that work or whatever? And for us, because it was part of an educational trip for our daughter and us, speaking being in Spanish speaking countries and in because one of the things that throws you off is from country to country, new language, new this, new custom, new this, don't do this, don't do this. <laughs> so you're like, you you're kind of freaking out. So we got immersed in another culture realize that people are people and a simple sorry my bad goes a long way and so we got in it accepted the fact that we're traveling we're not from here anymore and then we were ready to attack the second half with five days here five days here five days here and just accept the fact that we don't know what's going on we're going to make some (laughs) mistakes we're going to order the wrong food we're going to accidentally offend somebody we're going to say something that didn't come out right and they're going to go are you serious and and we're going to have fun with it. And so that's exactly what happened where if we – I wouldn't suggest to people to go five days, five days, five days from the start because you're going to blow your own mind. I, I think the way we did it makes a lot of sense. And I think another option too would be do less countries and stay in places longer. But see, now we know so many places we want to go back. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like we got just enough that like we tried the menu and now I'm like, oh, we have to go back. So – Essentially, we just had a really great sampling of like a whole bunch of drugs, and now we have to go back and get more. So, <laughs> Border Patrol—they don't literally mean drugs. Border Patrol nah. people. No, no, no. You guys I mean, are traveling. I mean, the country. I mean, the countries and the food, of course. <laughs> Sound like a bit of a foodie, I guess. You know, yeah. I'm getting that sense. I think stepping out of your country for your home country, which is America, for you guys, for an extended period of time, always. It brings some kind of change. I don't know if it's temporary or if it's permanent. It's always hard to say. Getting out of your home country's culture, what has that done to you guys to be out of the American culture for an extended period of time? Are you looking back on it? Are you able to look at it more like from a distance? And what has that done to you? So it's kind of interesting. The first half of the trip being in Central and South America, um, we although cultures are very different, um, it, it felt a little bit more like home. But for me, when we went to Asia, I had never been there before, and it just blew my mind. It was so different, and it took me personally um, about a week just to like get acclimated and be like, yeah, "Where?" Fifteen-hour flight. Yeah, and if it, yeah, exactly. All of it. Yeah, the time change, everything. You know, it, t- it took us a, a little while just to get acclimated, and then once we were in it, gosh, we were in it. I mean, we we were in Thailand for two months, and we were speaking very small amounts of Thai, and you know, really getting into the culture. Our daughter loves the Asian culture, so she really connected with it. And um, but it's it's definitely a change. We because we were hopping from country to country so much, we both had um, different jobs to do. And one of my jobs was before we went to a new country, I would look up how to say two words. Uh, hello and thank you. So we knew those for sure, and we got by with those. And then um, 
you know, whether you can flush the toilet paper in the toilet, can you drink the water, all those important things that you need to know. Do you tip all that stuff? Where to find puppies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's very different, especially the second half of the year. You know, it was different languages every time we moved. So it it was, um, it, and you wake up and you don't know where you are sometimes. Yeah. So you wake up and you're like, Sawadika? And you know, like you, you literally don't even know where you're, you're saying the wrong thing. Like we just got into London and she's saying gracias to everybody because we just left Spain. I'm like, yeah. I'm pretty sure these people speak English. <laughs> but she's excited that she can speak Spanish. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You, can, you can understand how the rock star stands up on stage and says, you know, Oh, yeah, good, good afternoon, Cleveland. And you're like, this is St. Yeah. Louis, you jerk. You know? Bro, you're in Canada. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. I mean, yeah, it, absolutely. It, it can happen for sure. <laughs> and, and actually, it, and that should be funny. Like, it shouldn't be taken personal. It should be like, this guy loves his job so much that he's out there doing so well that sorry to tell what it was. <laughs> so, yeah, no doubt. I'm not sure how it is in Austin, but I know my sister and my nieces, they're, they live in Philadelphia and the schools are really strict with attendance and like for them to get in sort of the good high school in Philadelphia, they have to have a certain level of tense. And meanwhile, they're like, I don't know, 10 and eight or like 11 and nine or something. And it's like, really already? This is crazy. I don't know what it's like in Austin, but did you have any issues with getting your daughter out of school and how did you handle that? I'm looking for tips for other people that are looking to do this. Yeah. It's a state by state thing. I mean, you just just nailed this and it's a country by country thing because we were in other countries and people said right away, they go, how is she out of school and you're not in trouble? Right. Like many countries said that to us. Yeah. So this is actually hilarious. When I did the research, I called the middle school counselor and I was like, okay, we're going to be doing this trip. And then she's going to be returning back to traditional public school. What do I need to show you in order for her to come back in? And she said, well, just make up a report card and just give it to me. You you have to to realize something too in the U.S., right? Like my programs, I bring them into middle schools and high schools. So I mean, I'm working in these schools a lot. There's a lot of homeschooling in the south yeah a lot of that is christian centric so there's a lot of heat this is very common for different reasons like they're they're protecting from a different environment so so yeah the, the whole point with this is we lucked out yeah we're yeah. in the right place to do it yeah, yeah austin so, just kind of like whatever we know you're gonna travel it's just that kind of a more yeah. laid back <laughs> well, but the amazing thing is and this is very intentional is the sixth grade uh they're learning world history they're starting to learn language so she's getting a full year of Spanish, or at least a full half year intense yeah. in Spanish. She's getting world history. You know, she's sitting on top of the pyramid going, yeah, yeah, this is page 47. <laughs> so she's she's nailing that. And then the math, everything's online now. So realistically, there's no better time to do it. And yeah. she's way ahead. Like this year, she's way ahead by being on the road. Well, yeah, with the homeschooling, did you actually have a program or were you just like, hey, we're just kind of calling these travel experiences the homeschool experience? Because it sounds like you guys had work and then you she has her school. So right. I don't know how much time is there to go do some things if you do it wrong, you know? Yeah, that's a great question. So this was, of course, our first year doing homeschool. And then, of course, homeschool on the road is a whole different world. Um, So I had never done it before, but there's a lot of programs out there. I did a lot of research. And what I came up with is that I wanted some flexibility because I wanted to be able to weave in the local culture, the local history, the local food, all that stuff, um, and not be bound to a, a true curriculum. So I got the curriculum that they were doing in school. And then I just kind of weave things around it. Some of the stuff, 
you know, we had an, a general idea and we followed a lot of the stuff um, we didn't. And then for math, because I wanted to make sure that that's a hard thing to catch up on. So I wanted to make sure that she wasn't behind. We did an online program called IXL. And that was um, something that's self-paced and we worked on it together. And not only did she finish sixth grade, but she finished all of seventh grade while we were on the road. So um, it, it's amazing how you can really cater to your child and how much time is wasted in school, you know, oh my God, yeah. thinking about, you know, a whole yeah. classroom of different needs when you can really focus on your own child's needs. And, and this even goes for work too. I mean, like realistically, one of the reasons so many people work for themselves now is we know darn well, we can work two hours intensely and what's really in an eight hour day. Yeah. And this has been known forever. That's just a, a slave mentality. I've got to hold you in a place, you know, because this is what we say is what we have to do. I mean, if you can do it, if you're doing work you like, you can tear through a lot in two hours. Yeah. So I mean, I very know, rarely you, can do eight hours of productive work. It's almost impossible. Nobody can. It's, it's, like, a, game. it's a lie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if the coffee's right and the sleep's right and I have the right project, maybe occasionally the stars will align. But even then, you have to get up, you have to move around. I mean, six hours maybe at the most, you know, it's less work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. We um we we pretty much I would say she did about four hours of work Monday through Friday. Um and we finished about a month early. So she she finished May first and we celebrated. She was the we call it Goyette Academy and she was the valedictorian yeah, of Goyette Academy. Well. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's your last name, of course. So as the, yeah. as the principal, I was very proud of her. I thought she yeah. did fantastic. That's right. By the way, for um Austin ISD that was 40 hours of work that she did. It wasn't four. Um, Kim is a speech impediment. That's right. 40 hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how do you guys feel? I mean, we're joking around. Yeah, you're excited to go home and everything. But do you feel like the trip has kind of come to its natural conclusion for better or worse? I mean, it sounds like whatever is rented out is you're getting your house back and everything like that. So you have to kind of settle in. But do you want to go back right now? Are you actually ready for that? We were talking about the transition home. So there's, of course, a, a big transition to the unknown when you take off for a, a trip around the world for a year. And then there's also a transition going back home. So we're used to moving, moving, moving this whole year. And then we're going to be very grounded in our home. We're, of course, we're getting the puppy. Everything is going to be very stable and, and all that stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how we feel when we don't have this like overstimulus every second of every day. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for routine. I'm ready to get into my garden, all that good stuff. But the other thing we've got to remember too, is like we do yoga and wellness retreats. So we're home for a few weeks and it was two and a half weeks later, we're going to be doing a yoga retreat in Costa Rica. Right. And then five months later, we're going to be in Bali doing retreats and we're looking to build more. Plus I do motivational speaking. So a couple times a month, I'll be off doing speeches in the States. So all we're doing is now we're just kind of having a, a stronger base and appreciating moments away. That's right. And listen, we're, we're, we're young. I mean, we're 27, 28, <laughs> Hardly. 48, 46, whatever. It's all numbers. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to travel a ton and this is just uh, gave us an idea of where to do it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to go yeah. home. Yeah. I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready as well. I'm ready to see friends and family. And favorite coffee shops, yeah. you know, the little things, favorite burger joint, play basketball every day. <laughs> that's, a, that. that's a good thing. It's a good thing that uh, 
the road can teach you too, right? Like it also makes you appreciate home even more. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gratitude is the best thing. And then the only way to be grateful is to take those things out of your life and go, whoa, okay, I'm sorry. I wasn't thankful enough. So. <laughs> For yeah. sure. I always like to hear a magical moment from the trip, something that might encapsulate the trip for you in some way or just maybe exemplify the world or the kindness of the world, as you mentioned, the people in the world being so great everywhere. Can you just share a story or two, uh, something that happened to you guys along the way that... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug in something I'll call a reframe, all right? So this is one of those things where you can take that could be a huge negative and you can spin it into something good. Um, so in the beginning, one of the places that um, we decided to go was when we were in Central America. I'm a big fan of Colombia. I love that country. I think it's beautiful. But it is a country where a lot of people are going to say, be careful here, be careful here, you know, don't stray off the beaten path. So we had a friend who said, you need to go to my good friend's retreat center down there. And it was supposed to be the most amazing place. And she knows the quality of the places that we go and we take our clients to retreats. I mean, there's some of the most beautiful places in the world. Um, we're going to Costa Rica to um, Anamaya Resort, which is the number one ranked resort down there. So when she tells me this is this hidden gem, I get so excited. And so we go and we're all, all ready to you know, get down there. She had sent me some pictures and we talked on the phone. And so we're really excited. I realized that she had really, really never sent me pictures of the place, just the beaches and like, you know, like them swimming and just, you know, just kind of a visual of what it would feel like to be there. So we fly into this area called Nikki. And once you get into Nikki, it, it almost feels like it's out of some like drug running movie from like, like the 80s or something. It's crazy. <laughs> Very so, small. Yeah, you know, we get in, you, you don't think the plane's going to land successfully. There's nobody there to pick you up. You walk through like a couple chickens that are getting out of the plane with you. And we get picked up by them. They're a little bit late and they take us on a boat towards their place. And it's essentially it's an island. Um, you're, you're off the coast, but you're, you just can't get there without a boat. So we get there and we don't really know we're there because we just see trees and whatever. They pull about 40 feet off the shore. Now, mind you, we're just starting our trip. We're a few weeks in. So we've got computers and our stuff and everything. And they're like, jump. And we're like, what are you talking about? So they'll get the closest we can get. There's nothing explained, nothing. We don't see where we're staying or anything. So we're putting the stuff over our head and carrying it. If I fall, there goes my stuff for the year. There's nothing. We're here for 12 days. So in a nutshell, we go in, somehow get the stuff in there. We get in. There's essentially four posts and kind of a roof over our head and sort of a bed with running water that's brown. that's coming off of a waterfall. And it might sound glamorous and glorious and incredible, but not when you're with three people in your family starting this trip. And it, it didn't meet it didn't meet the expectations. Yeah, the and, I, and I'm not. It's not. A, it's not a snooty thing. No. It's, it's not what was like explained at all. By and, it. and we love stuff like that if it was explained and we were there in a different environment without a 12 year old. And at night, I could hear people walking because there's like you know villages that like are not far away. So somebody's walking in the distance and they can just come over and kill me if they wanted to. So my eyes are open the whole night. So three nights in, I'm losing my mind. And so because I'm protecting my family and I'm like nine to go. So You're like Marlon Brando and Apocalypse Now. Or whatever. There you go. Straight, straight, straight up. Like, like it's one of these things where I'm like, you know, like, but there's no coffee, there's no food. And that's the other thing I didn't explain. Yeah. Like 
<laughs> there's no food. Nobody told us about anything. We're yeah, like, no, we're no supposed to bring your food in? Is that they, they said they, when, they when, mentioned it. Like, you they... want to get some food on the way in? We're like, oh, we'll get it whenever. And they looked at us and we were like, we didn't know that that was it. That was your shot. So we there's had... a guy selling a pig on the side of the road. Another guy about to kill a chicken going, you want it? And we're like, we're good. We'll just go. And we just got beans and rice and lived off different, like 20 yeah. different versions of beans and rice for the, for eight days. Wow. Yeah, we didn't know. So we, we essentially had to find internet, which they didn't have internet. And somehow they got like some internet for us. To, we, we ended up getting another flight out of there. We What was this up. place? I don't understand. What? <laughs> It was, it was just, um, it was presented to us as this like retreat center, but ultimately what it was, was just like, um, nothing like a, like a campsite almost. And, and it wasn't presented the way that it should be. What's interesting. So going back to what we said about being grateful is, you know, we, we got out of there after eight days, we were supposed to stay 12 days and it was just so like stressful. We couldn't stay longer. And, um, plus we were running out of food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can laugh about it now. Yeah, <laughs> we were running out of food. It was, it was it was a deep spiritual cleanse and an opportunity to really yeah. embrace gratitude. And I think as human beings, we won't really take that lesson unless it's rammed down our throat. Like we can sit here and we can say right now, I'm grateful for this trip. But if I didn't have that, I'd be being I'd be honest with you, but the gratitude level I have now that I have a bed that I'm sitting on as I'm talking to you <laughs> and I know that I can have a meal tonight and I know that I'm not going to get my throat sliced feels really, really good. <laughs> that's so, always a plus. Yeah. So that's so that's the deep sense of gratitude that <laughs> that I can feel. Yeah, it was it was actually really fortunate that it happened Incredible. in the beginning of the trip because ever since then we always say if something's not quite the way we want it, we're like, well, it's better, better than, than new key. key. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that yeah. seriously, that the fact that that happened in the beginning of the trip was a blessing, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really, it really, it, it was what was supposed to happen. It was absolutely incredible. And now one of my favorite places in the world is Medellin because that's the first bed I slept in when I got out yeah, of the afterwards. So the Medellin Marriott, anybody wants to go to heaven, it's actually at the Medellin Marriott. <laughs> exactly. You guys are like, after that excursion, yeah. we're going to uh, the Marriott. Go, you go, know, go look at our trip advisor review. I'm pretty sure I actually say that I think I saw Jesus there. <laughs> you're like, you're sure. still writing the review. Like, this is I, how I'm amazing still actually, this place I actually, was. I add reviews every night in my dreams. I wake up, I'm like, I gotta put something about Medellin Marriott. <laughs> well, I mean, those like mishaps or those hardships are the things that the do teach you the most, even though at the time it's not always fun, right? Sure. Particularly Dang. if you're starving to death and you got your, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit worse too when you have your kid with you. I, I could imagine just, you oh, know, God, yeah. it was challenging. Oh, yeah. 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 It was interesting because I think Scott lost 15 pounds in the time yeah, that we were there. I'm a fat person. Yeah. I mean, I'm six, four and lean <laughs> You guys come out with like mud on your faces. You're just yeah. like, ah, that's it's awesome. Like though. I, I love that you shared that story and, and, you know, I'm sure a lot of nice things happen, but that, you know, that yeah. was nice, but in in the long run, it was nice, right? Like in yeah, some right. weird way. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was the good reframe that that set everything up. Yeah. And then some nice stories, and we've got what about like Cambodia? Oh, just endless, endless, endless amounts of people that we've connected with. I mean, really deeply, and like they just much so. immediately open their hearts. Like one of the one of the amazing things about traveling from country to country is you immediately feel the vibe of people and how they receive foreigners. Mm. And we've we've gone and like just noticed like the immediate smiles and the willingness to like 
to, you know, find out your story and all these things. I mean, people have gone above and beyond and have been so supportive of our trip. And that's not only the people on the road. I mean, the people back home have been so supportive and have constantly been sending us well wishes, making us feel grounded and connected, you know, to something back home. So we've just had so much support along the way from so many different people. And we're really grateful for that. No doubt. That's great. Um, I wanted to ask you before we let you go, well, two things. One, in regards to self-love, compassion, kindness, what is your advice for parents to instill that into their children and also for any individual who wants to instill more of that into themselves? Do you guys want to share some of the stuff that you teach? Sure. Um, Well, I mean, one of the best things to do is uh, our Facebook page is a ton of content. It's just facebook.com forward slash go love now. Um, what we're teaching really with the concept of self-love is you can't love somebody else until you love yourself and kids giggle at that and they think it's funny. And, you know, cause you're saying love yourself and, you know, we can, we can all come up with something funny about that. But, um, at the end of the day, I think kids have lost hope. And a lot of that losing hope is they think they're coming into a world where they're not going to be able to make enough money. They're not going to be successful. It's not the world that our parents had, Um, college isn't going to be cheap. This isn't going to be easy. They don't think they can do it. And so the easiest thing to do is quit. And so what we're teaching people to do is find your inner resilience. And if you find your purpose and you do the work and do the things that you're capable of doing, good things will show up. And a lot of that is the intention setting too, which we did on this trip, just trusting that uh, if you go with your gut and you believe in yourself, things will work out and it, it does. And so I would say that to the parents, set the example for the kids, go make it happen, um, take the trip, bring your kid on the trip, know that everything's not going to be perfect because you're actually modeling the behaviors to lay down a lifetime of success for them because while you have your day-to-day new key failures, you all got out of it and you all got in a plane and you got back to Medellin safely. So them seeing you doing it and being a part of that, what school's teaching that? None. So your kid's going to be so ready for college and beyond with a trip like this. So if you want to give your kid the ultimate gift that they don't know you you need, they need, this is it. <laughs> yeah. For Sound sure. reasonable? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I, I, kind of reflecting on what Scott said. I think modeling for your kids is huge. As parents, we have so much pressure, you know, pressure to be good parents, pressure to have our kids succeed, all these different things, plus work and financial pressures and all these different things. And um, and I, I think providing a model for your kids and and letting them see that, yes, you know, we're not that we're not perfect. We're not superhumans. We're just trying to make things work. I mean, being in this travel situation with such tight quarters, Kayla has observed us at our best and at our worst. And you know, but to to see that you can keep bouncing back and keep moving forward is is really an amazing way to teach kids confidence um, or to assist them in learning confidence because um, they know that they don't have to be perfect. Oh, and puppy, and puppy. And, and the puppy. What's the puppy's <laughs> yeah. name going to be? Jimmy Kibbles. Jimmy Kibbles, nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. The, the, if you want to check him out, he's already yeah, on. Yeah, he's Jimmy. already got an Instagram got account. We have pictures of him. We don't yeah. even have him yet. Jimmy Kibbles 20. Check him out. <laughs> Jimmy Kibbles 20. Nice. The puppy's name was actually on the list of questions. <laughs> you can call him Kibbs, Jimzo, anything you want. <laughs> nice. All right. Great. Well, we appreciate your guys' time today and thanks for 
sharing your experience, especially that the fact that you're at the end of your trip and I'm sure you have an interesting perspective on it right now being at the end, but you're not even home yet and just taking the time out on the road to to stop by and fill us in. Really appreciate it. If you guys want to share, I know you share the, the Facebook page and Jimmy Kibble's uh, Instagram. Uh-huh. Twenty, but um, if you want to share your other Jimmy Kibble twenty meditation, mother is the other one, right? What kind of meditation do you teach? Um, so I teach yoga and meditation, but there's um, all all styles. So with yoga, I teach hatha, hatha flow, yin. I teach um, yogic dance, which is a blindfold dance, and then I teach all types of meditation. So it's a lot of fun. I'm sure this stuff helps out traveling as a couple as well. If you guys can get back to your, your base. Yeah, but- <laughs> Absolutely. It's necessary. Believe you, me. You know what, you know, what's funny. And we all know this, the, the, the best speakers, the best teachers, you're solving your own problems. So you're out there like looking amazing on, on stage. And then you come home and you're like losing it because you're just trying to do the stuff you teach. I mean, I think the funniest thing would, would be to go to a party with like Tony Robbins. If Covey was still with us, have all these speakers in one room and I just feel like put a few drinks in them and you realize these people are nuts. <laughs> they're really good at teaching it and they're going, how the heck do we do this? How do we keep teaching this stuff? You know, you're, you're a bunch of human beings who have realized how to express it and how to create a formula. And that formula is really just for you. Yeah, and you're sharing it. So true, so, and that would be right. a fantastic party. Please invite me. <laughs> make that happen. <laughs> Just gonna reincarnate a few people. No big deal. We can do it. <laughs> right on. Have a safe trip home. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thanks, it. Jason. Thanks, Thanks Jason. for having us. Take, Take care. care. Bye bye. There you have it. Want to thank Kim and Scott for stopping by this show. What a crazy start to the trip there in Colombia. I loved that story, but I wish them a speedy and safe journey home. It's always an interesting time at the end of a trip, right? Like you've just had maybe weeks or months or a year in their case of experience being on the road. And then all of a sudden you're going home. Can be bittersweet, right? If you've traveled like that, you know, you've been there. It's nice to go home. It can be nice to go home, but it also means your time out there in the world is up for the time being anyway. So always mixed emotions there at the end of a trip. I don't know if you've experienced that. I certainly have. And maybe you're experiencing it right now. Maybe you're listening to this podcast right now at the end of your trip. I don't know. I don't know where you are. I can't know unless you drop me a line and say hi. And if you would like to do that, I love to hear stories from the community. Jason at zerototravel.com is my email because I love to highlight your stories here and share them with everybody around the world listening to this podcast. One of the beautiful things about this is that we can just talk and share stories and people can get tips from other people in the community. You can get inspiration or motivation from other people just by listening and sharing your story and interacting in that way. It's a beautiful thing. So let's not make this a one-way conversation. Please drop me a line if you haven't done so and say hello. I also read all those reviews. If you ever want to leave a review, those are always nice to get. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Anyway, before I let you go, a couple things. I wanted to talk about this idea of stillness in movement. First, want to thank one more time Tortuga Backpacks for supporting today's show. ZeroToTravel.com slash Tortuga and you will find the best travel backpacks out there and they have all sorts of other luggage gear as well if you're looking for stuff sacks or duffel bags but this is really stuff made 
for travelers by travelers and you get 10% off anything you purchase with the promo code travel. Just enter the word travel when you check out. You'll get 10% off anything that you get there just by being a Zero to Travel podcast listener. ZeroToTravel.com slash Tortuga. I have curated a page for you with my favorite stuff from them there. So check that out. I can't recommend these guys enough. Been using their bags for years now and really proud that they are supporting this podcast. And you're supporting this podcast as well if you decide to purchase anything because I'm an affiliate for them. So thank you for that. Thanks to Tortuga and thanks to you, my friend, for checking them out. Now, this idea of stillness in movement. I got to say, I'm going off the cuff here. This is something I've just randomly been thinking about throughout my day. Yes, these are the random things I think about. What do you think about? I don't know. These, You know how it is. These random thoughts come in your head. Anyway, stillness in movement as a traveler, somebody who loves travel, I have found a lot of my ability to be mindful and be more present has come from my time on the road. It's hard to say how much of it has come from that, but certainly travel for me was a big influence in allowing me to be more mindful and more present. And now that I'm back here in Norway where I live and back to a regular routine, I've noticed how it's really easy to kind of slip into those routines really, for lack of a better term, the days can just fly by. And if you're not being mindful, you can just kind of jump from one task to another. You're taking care of a lot of things and the days can just go. But I feel like when you are traveling, you have that physical space that's changing, but you also have that mental space that changes. It kind of expands in a way. And there's something beautiful about even just walking into a grocery store in a country you've never been in before because everything's so different and new. You look at the toothpaste, you think, am I even holding a tube of toothpaste? What is this? Everything looks different. All the products are different. It's just a different experience and it just makes you super mindful of your surroundings. And I found that travel has really had a huge impact on me in that way, just being out in the world, being super present, and then just having that be one of those things that you take home with you and you're more appreciative of the town you come from. You're more appreciative of maybe the restaurants you frequent that you take for granted. Now, that can wear off over time, certainly, but I just wanted to throw this out there as a concept because it's important. It's important to be present no matter where we're at in our lives. And I've been focusing on being more mindful throughout my day as I go through my routines here where I live. And it just makes the day better, more exciting, more adventurous in a way. Even though I do that same walk every morning right now, there can be peace in that. And I can find the stillness in that when I stay in that moment. And I just I think it's interesting as travelers or we're moving around when you are traveling, if you're traveling, you know, long term or taking a year or whatever the case is, and you're on the move, you're on the go, but you get the space and, and the stillness that can come with that. So stillness in movement, that's where that idea came from. I think it's kind of cool. It's something I was pondering today. I wanted to share that with you as we close out this episode. And I'm gonna do that with a quote. This is from Eckhart Tolle, the author of The Power of Now, one of my favorite books. And hey, maybe this is a homework assignment for all of us here. He said, seek out a tree and let it teach you stillness. There you go. 
seek out a tree today. Let it teach you stillness. And I'll throw another quote out there from Paramahansa Yogananda who said, stillness is the altar of the spirit. Do you find stillness in movement as a traveler? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Either way, it was fun to have you here being still and enjoying today's show. Thank you so much for being a part of it, being a part of this community. And until next time, my friends, Hadegot. That is Norwegian for have it good. (laughs) I'll see you next time. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.